0: Who is undone? Funny. Everything we, we don't get together and work out what we're going to say or what the words are we're going to do for the day or how the service is going to flow. We're not that organised. <laughs> but um, the message that Bowen was speaking and then the worship has been... Um, a very good flow from the point of view of what I felt God was wanting to speak to us about. So welcome everybody. Welcome everybody online. Thank you so much for coming in and joining us. Hi Keith and Darren at home with COVID. Goodness me guys. But you know, not super duper sick. Karen, it's good to see Amy here. We have had a bit of a, uh, excuse, a journey Um, over the last few days with all the stuff that's going on with infections and yada yada between the flu, hay fever and COVID. It's been a very interesting few weeks. Amen. So I'd just like to welcome everybody here. Thank you so much. I'm your guest speaker because your other two speakers can't at the moment. and That's okay. It's all right. Um, I have to say whenever I have to do this stuff, I, I kind of like have a bit of a panic attack because I'm always well, aware, very aware of my own deficiencies. And I've spent a lot of time trying to work out ways to not waffle too much and all the rest of it, but still be able to deliver um, what God is speaking to me about. So the first thing I'd like to start off today with is it's my baby's birthday today. It's Jerusha's birthday. And funny that that should be the day that I'm speaking because this time... 26 years ago, I was being emergency lifted to a hospital that was an hour and a half away from where we lived on a peninsula in New Zealand. Um, I had started, I'm going to tell you the story to start with, because it kind of gives a good kick off, I guess. So I, was, I was, um, had complications and, and I was hemorrhaging, And um, during, I've said, I've spoken about this before, I think, but I'm going to touch it again because I really felt like God wanted me to, you know, talk about it. So I couldn't get um, airlifted out in the end because there was a storm, and the weather was just too bad for a helicopter to come pick me up. So they had to send a um, an ambulance to come and pick me up. They picked me up, and it was an hour and a half trip. And in the middle of this, I'm hemorrhaging, right? As I was in the ambulance, my life was kind of like flashing before. You know that thing, your life flashes before your eyes? Well, it actually does happen. Only I mean, it doesn't take a long, long time. You are unaware of time-space continuum, I guess. It just. I, I don't know. Just all this stuff was going on. And at the time that I was having Jerusha, Keith and I were going through major, major major, major marriage issues, major. We're talking major. Like it had come to the point where I thought to myself, if this does not improve, if things don't get better, I'm out of here, and Jerusha was my fourth child. Okay, I was already leading a church. I was already telling people about Jesus. I was already preaching about forgiveness, and here I was in an ambulance with an emergency going on, thinking about if I can't get our marriage, our life together, I'm gone. Okay, I've never ever spoken about this, so I'm just letting you know, life happens guys, it happens to all of us. So anyway, we're going, we're going along, Keith was following behind in the van, and, some, and my aunt had gone to look after the children for us. <coughs> Um, as we were going in, in the um, ambulance, we had to go up a really, really high, like a real hill, guys, like a mountain, not like your guys' bumps, like a real mountain. So we're going up the mountain. I could, I th- I could hear the paramedics talking, and th- I could hear them saying, I don't think she's going to make it, mate. She's bleeding too much. What are we going to do? God said, when we get to the top of the hill, we'll turn her around so she's not facing downwards, so gravity's not causing... <laughs> <laughs> to bleed more, and I 'm thinking, "What?" So they get to the top, they turn the, the um, bed thing around, and we 're driving off again, And as they 're driving, I 'm going, "God, God, God, please save my baby. I don't care what happens to me. but please save my baby, right?" And as I was going down the hill, I felt like this big being thing. It was dark. And at first, I was a little bit afraid. But there was this presence that came over on the outside, the top of the ambulance. At first, I was afraid. I knew in my heart that it was the angel of death. How weird is that? And suddenly, the fear went away. The angel of death is subject to God. Do you guys know that? They are a subject of God, and as we drove to the hospital, I'm talking to God and saying, you know, God, if this is my end, if this is where I'm supposed to end, then Lord God, if this is, you know, if it's your will, then I yield, I give to you my life. Happy to say to you, as you obviously can see, um, I reached the hospital, was transferred to another hospital. I stepping in front of the speakers too, too far? Go back? Okay. So um, got to the hospital, had an emergency, Caesar, and Jerusha was born. God saved my baby, and that was 26 years ago today. I, I'm just so thankful to God. As I said to you at the time that it was going on, Keith and, and my relationship and our, our marriage was so rocky, it wasn't funny. Um, just stuff had happened, and I don't need to go into the details, but I, I, was, I was at the end of my road. So I'm going to start the message off today with something that God spoke to me when I first got saved. Uh, when I was a new believer... Um, I heard a communion message that our pastor's wife spoke about and it touched me so deeply that even today, 40 years later, I can still remember what she said. Jesus made himself wrong so that we could be right. Jesus made himself wrong so that we could be put right with God. That message profoundly affected my perception of the depth of Christ's love for us and especially, personally, the depth of his love for me. Jesus made himself wrong so that we could be made right. Excuse me. That understanding went on to mold in me my understanding, my perception of forgiveness, offence, and God's magnificent grace. His magnificent grace. So according to the Legal Information Institute of Cornell Law School in the States, so Cornell Law School, so you guys know, is a really prestigious law firm. So according to the Legal Information Institute of Cornell Law School in the States, to yield means to give something up or surrender control. And you've got to know, I mean, Keith tells people, I'm a strong woman, you know. I didn't start off like that. I was quite different before I knew God. But I found when God was speaking to me about talking about this, I found it really confronting to talk about yielding. Because, you know, yielding to me is kind of like, you know, giving up, <laughs> you know? Yielding, giving up. And for some reason it really offended me, that whole thing of giving up. You know, I've spent most of my Christian life learning how to to stand up, learning how to be strong, learning not to let go, learning to hold on at, at all costs, and learning not to chicken out and give up. Okay, that's a fair whack of time, 40 years or whatever. Yet my life experience, has also taught me the power of yielding. So today, that's what I'm talking about, the power of yielding. It's really interesting that um, the song, one of the songs we sang, I Exalt, there has that line, it says, shine through the darkness. You know that um, Jesus is described as light, yeah? And wherever there is great darkness, there is light where Jesus can shine no matter what it says, it'll even, he'll even shine in hell, sort of thing, his light. There's nowhere that you can go to escape him as such, right? So why am I talking about yielding? Because that's what God told me to do. To begin the journey of yielding, we must first hear from God. Now, I'm really, really aware today that sometimes some, for some of you people... I just know, because God spoke to you. For some of you, God's going to touch on things that you need to get right with people. They will be people in your family, they might be people in your workplace, they might be people in church, whatever. But yielding has a funny way of hiding in the shadows. It's the last thing we want to do. Like me, I'm offended by that whole thing of giving up, excuse me. You know, when I was in the um, ambulance, I was not fighting for my life. <laughs> I was actually fighting for my child's. And yielding was the last thing on my mind. But it wasn't until I yielded to God and said, Lord God, if, it is, if this is your will, then let it be but still I ask for mercy for my child, okay? So the beginning journey of yielding is that you need to ask God, ask him, Lord, what is holding me back? Lord, what is holding me captive and not allowing me to walk in the fullness of you? Lord, what is it that I can't see That is stopping me from knowing you more. And then you have to say to God, I give you permission. And please, when you're doing this stuff, don't think it, speak it out. There is something about the power of speaking out. That's why we don't just pray in our heads. We speak out prayer. Lord, what is holding me captive, I give you permission to show me and God will speak to you. There's a slight problem here, though, because you have to ask God to open your ears up. Because we have, I don't know about you guys, you know, Keith talks about me, right? And, and he says, you know, um, when we're talking together quite often, we'll be in a group and Keith will be chatting away to someone and I'll go, Keith, Keith, Han, Keith. And I go an octave low and he goes, yep. It's like, you know, we, we can zed out God in the same way. Did you know that? And it's not every word he says that we zero out or we zed out or we cancel out. It's just the ones we don't want to hear. Okay, so when you're doing this stuff, when you're asking God about yielding, ask him to open your ears. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, Be they ever hearing but never hear. And be they ever seen, but never see. Just because you can hear with your ears does not mean that you can hear God. And sometimes we deliberately switch them off. So this is how you know when he's talking to you. It's kind of like you'll have a situation that happens, it'll really roll you up, and you get all upset about it, and then it kind of settles down. And then the same situation, or, or, or very like that situation will come up, and it'll really roll you up, and then it'll settle down. Well, that's called going around the mountain you're stuck going around the mountain, okay? You want to have the power that God has for you, then you've got to go through the mountain, okay? And that usually means big trip up and a big trip down on the other side. I hate, you know, like people like doing those nature walk things. Sorry, guys, not my cup of tea. (laughs) But I do them. I mean, I was so proud of myself when we went... um, Away, we were in, got to remember the name of that, Santorini, uh, Greek Island. Oh, excuse me. I went to Greece. This year. Sorry. So we went to Santorini. We caught the cable car up. And when we got back to ca- catch the cable car down, the line was literally easily a kilometre long. And I thought, oh man, I don't want to stand here all day. So I very enthusiastically said to Keith, come on, let's walk down, come on, let's walk down, whoa, it's really, really long, it's quite steep, it's quite slippery, and it's windy, but guess what, I made it, you know, I have to say, I thought at some stage I was going to pass out and die over, you know, like fall over the edge, 30 feet onto the rocks below, but it didn't happen, (laughs) God save me, and I made it, I was so proud of myself. I was sitting at at, at the the place, the the boat cruisy thing, and I took a photograph of my feet because they were like swelled up to the size of footballs. (laughs) And I accidentally posted them on the church. (laughs) That was not meant to go there, guys. I'm terribly sorry about taking pictures of my ugly feet and sticking them up. But I took the pictures of my ugly feet because I was so proud of myself. When you go up and over a mountain in your life, it costs, man, does it cost, But in the end, it's worth it. Because now you're not going to go around anymore. You're just going to keep moving forward. Another way for you to understand when God is trying to talk to you about a situation is that you have peace in your life, but it doesn't dwell. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like, I I love the fact that, um, and I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else. Please don't don't think that, but i I have this this deep peace that no matter what happens, God's got my back, okay when you can't rest in the peace of God, usually there's something that's blocking it, so that's another way to know that God is trying to talk to you and bring you around to what He's trying to tell you to deal with. The other thing is you might have someone you've got an issue with, and whenever you meet them, it triggers yo, you know huh. you don't say you're doing this. And in your head, you're going, How dare they? Look at them acting like nothing's happened, you know, and, and it's triggering. Okay, that's God trying to tell you you've got issues. Yo, got issues. And the other thing is replaying. You know, you find yourself, you'll be doing, doing something and you'll remember something and you start playing the offense over and over again in your head. Okay? Those are the things that you need to get rid of. The situation God touches might be family, it could be work-related, it could be anything to do with, with a person you've met, or even friends, new friends or old friends, whatever. Um, it'll deal with an issue or issues from the past, the present, and the future, guys. And, and this is the thing where you get invaded. You know, These things hide in the shadows. They are dis- deliberately placed there by the enemy to cause you to stumble and fall and to actually build walls and stop you from walking strong in God in a steady and strong pace. Is this okay, guys? Okay? Um, if you don't deal with them, that's fine. You, know, you, you get to choose whatever you do with your life. God's not gonna slap you across the head. He'll just leave you to it. But if you don't deal with them, those issues becomes like a burr in the saddle. You know that expression? I know the expression. I kind of understand what it means. (coughs) And that's the one that I really felt God tell me to talk about, a burr in the saddle. So a burr in the saddle is when you get like, um, you're riding a horse or a donkey, and and there's something like a burr or uh, an irritation gets under the saddle And it causes your ride to get very skittish. Who knows what it's like when you're walking life and suddenly your ride is like this. And instead of like powering on through and the things of God and mighty power, that, you know, I just want to speak the name of Jesus, you find yourself in this weird place where you're saying it, but it's not connecting properly with your spirit. And you falter. You falter. You know, a burr in the saddle doesn't actually affect the person riding the horse or the the donkey personally. It's the actual transport that they're on that gets affected. Because, see, if you knew that it was a burr there, you'd just go like this. You would go, stupid thing, look at that. (laughs) But because it's not you... You can't see, and that's because you have deliberately, you know, a lot of people would think, well, wouldn't you stop and get off and check the animal out or whatever? Well, you know, most people don't. They just keep going until after a while that burr in the saddle becomes a normal part of life, and that, my friends, is what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants you to think that, that, that it's okay, it's all right. This has been with me for such a long time. You know, my great grandfather did da 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 and that's what caused the trouble. And, you know, I'm, I don't need to deal with that. That's their problem. But really, it isn't. These things that affect us, like I said, can happen in the past, they can happen in the present, and they can actually drag you um, away from the future that walking in the fullness of God has for you. Try hard not to talk too much. Okay. So let's get started. Forgiveness is a powerful weapon in the hands and heart of a believer. It plays a vital role in the art of leading. Obedience is another powerful weapon in the believer's arsenal. And then there's knowing the Word of God, not just the written word but the word manifest in Christ himself, the word made flesh, the most powerful weapon in our armory. These are all things that we need to know and understand. Remember, Jesus made himself wrong so that we could be made... Amen. So how do we start? Okay, I'm doing an acrostic thing. the first thing is to say yes to God. James 3.17 in the New King James Version says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Willing to yield. You have to be willing to say yes to God. Be wise. To be wise. It's saying, you know, but the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. These are teaching scriptures. Okay? Jesus knows these scriptures. John 6:38 says for I have and he's talking about Jesus, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him who sent me. Say yes to God. Pray that prayer and when God touches that area that you need to deal with say yes, God, I am willing to obey. Yes, God, I will do your will. The next part of yielding is is a scripture that used to kind of like this is this is the stuff God gave me last night. Okay, guys. So I must become less. When John says in John three thirty, this is John the Baptist, by the way. So John the Baptist had been going around talking about Jesus, and there'd come a time when he he wanted to know if Jesus was the Messiah, whom he had. John knew that he had been born to tell people about Jesus. So in this, John the Baptist is showing us how to exalt and humble ourselves before God. Um, John says, he must become greater and I must become less. Um, James 4.6 says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to those who are humble. That's James 4.6. And when we get out of the way, (laughs) you know, because, you know, like sometimes, there's something blocking me. Oh, you know, I'm going, there's something blocking me. You know, Satan, you filthy, there's something blocking me. And, you know, guess what? I have to say, because, I mean, I deal with people a lot, right? Because it's the job that I do. Uh, There's a lot of times, like, I would say more than 80% of the time, the blockage is usually the person themselves something to do with the way they think about something, the inability to forgive, which causes them to be captive, blah, blah, blah. Um, We can be our own worst obstacles. When we get out of the way and we say, I must become less. Yes, Lord, I give it up and I give it to you. God can accomplish the plans of your life the way he wants it to, and you will be amazed at the things he does. Jerusha was born 26 years ago. At the time, I always used to wonder, why, 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 why? I love the woman of God that she has become, not just because she's my daughter, okay, but because she's just awesome. She always questions the word of God. She'll question you just because you said it ain't enough, man. You better show me in the word of God where that came from. Who said that? I'm amazed that my daughter loves God enough and hears and and yields to him enough to want to do that. I just am so blessed. John says, I must become less, less of me. Even though, you know, like, it's quite hard sometimes when you have to do that. You know, it's not easy to actually give up your own way, especially if your own way's been working quite well, thank you, for quite a long time, okay? But the issue is, is that if you don't give God more of yourself, you can't journey further than when you are now. And don't forget, you know, when we give over to God, he has plans for you, he has plans for your life. And all of God's plans are good. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. you know, for the plans I have for you are good, you know, that one. The next thing I want to talk about is even when I don't understand. So there's yes to God, um, I must become less, and even when I don't understand. There is nothing quite like being stuck in that weirdo tunnel where you just cannot, it's not making sense, guys, you know, I've yielded, I've done all the stuff you said to do, God, but where I am at the moment does not make sense. It's a really good idea at that time to turn your self-talk off because our self-talk is quite loud. Do, you, do people know what I'm talking about when I talk about self-talk? That's that thing when you're smiling at silent. oh, so good you said, how dare they be there? You know what i talked about before? Self-talk, that's the stuff that goes on in your head. Self-talk is a real bad thing because it usually starts in some way, shape, or form with I. I don't want to, I don't believe that person. I, I, I. Turn it off. 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 And instead of saying I, say, what do you want from me, God? What do you want from me? This stuff that I'm telling you is actually real powerful stuff, okay? I need you to know that. Um, It's powerful, to change your lives. Even when you can't see ahead, trust God to show you the way. Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6 say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. There are many roads Many, many roads in your life. You know, you reach a, a junction where, where you have to make choices. It's not like there's one road in front of you. Heck no, that would just be too easy. No, there's multiple, you know, and you're not quite sure which road to take. Wait, wait for him. Even when you don't understand, when you're yielding and saying, God, I yield to you. I know that the situation that I have going on with my husband at the time, it was Keith. I was just so... Angry is not the right word. It was like I had deliberately, in my emotion, by the time I was carrying my, you know, they were carrying me to the hospital, my emotions had had separated him from me. I was no longer thinking in terms of we, I was thinking in terms of I. I had already started the emotional distancing from him, which is really bad, I have to say. (coughs) and um, I had a whole bunch of very good reasons why I should cut them out of my life. They were very good reasons, very good reasons. Honey, if you're listening to this, I don't feel like that anymore, just so that you know, I love you very much. (laughs) But, even, even, you know, when you yield to God, it means the eye gets taken out of it and you say, okay, God, what should I do? Keep your spiritual ears open and trust that God will speak to you. Trust that he will speak to you in some way, shape or form. As I was going along, um, I, we arrived at the um, hospital and I was being taken into theater and Keith arrives and he was just totally undone. And he's bawling his eyes out, and you know, and, and they said, you know, it's better for you not to come in to the theatre because they, I think they were worried that I was going to die, and then had, they'd have two people in problems, you know, whatever. And I actually heard the doctor say, I don't think we can save her. But by that stage, I had gone to the Lord God, whatever Your will, I'll accept it. Whatever You will, Lord God, I will. Whatever you say, Lord God, I trust you. And there, there was a, sh- it was kind of like, you know those movies where they have those puzzle pieces and, and it goes, sh- 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 clunk. It's kind of like it went clunk. <coughs> and I realized that um, God did not want us separating. I did. I knew it in my heart. And I said something to Keith, I don't need to tell you guys what it was, but I said something to Keith before I went into theatre that changed our relationship completely. Remember that thing, Jesus made himself wrong so that we could be made right. The other part of yielding is loving in spite of. Oh my gosh, who loves that one? You know, <laughs> 1 Peter 4.8 says, above all, (laughs) remember the song we did? Above all, love each other deeply. Why? Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Guess what, guys? People will sin against you. They will. We've been involved in some really oddball case last year. I call it the... A parking incident it was nuts, it was just so unfair. I feel like justice did not do me justice, but I have to let go of that stuff. You know, sometimes life is going to be unfair, and you've got to get over it, and you've got to move past the unfairness of life, living in bitter. Angry, resentful offence is exhausting. <coughs> I couldn't sleep at night because I was so tuned up about the injustice of the stuff that was going on. I d- for weeks, and it went on because it hit during COVID, so it went on for a whole flaming year, guys, a year of this thing sitting in the background. Even when you're, you know you're in the right <laughs> even though you know, you know, you know that you're right, that offence eats away at, at your peace, man. And I can remember getting finally to the court case and they had to do it with um, videoing court casing, the court case, and the lawyer comes on, says this piece of, oh yeah, that's, look, that's just absolutely right. And then it just basically got kicked out. Don't know why. Judge just said blah, 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 and that was the end of that. And I, I felt so ripped off. I mean, I prayed, I fasted, I sought God's face. He knew that, that my case was just blah, blah, blah. And, and excuse me, how come Jesus didn't come through? Why did I feel so ripped off, man? Why? Because I, I just couldn't see how this could be right. Can you imagine Jesus? <laughs> Remember, he goes to the garden of Gethsemane, Gethsemane and he's, he's so intentional, if this cup can be taken from me, Lord. It, you know, it's not like he, he danced and couldn't wait to hit the cross for us. You know what I mean? It's, it's he did it out of obedience and love for God. And yes, it says for the joy set before him, but trust me, at the time it was not joy, Love in spite of the situation. Funny, you know, the the situation with the parking ticket. um, I ended up praying for the person because I realized that that person got ripped off as well. It was just the real, you know who made a whole heap of money out of that? The lawyers. (laughs) 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 But you know, that's life. Guess what, guys, that's life. Move on. You know, So love, in spite of what's going on. Love that covers a multitude of. Ah, you guys are listening. <laughs> okay, and the last point in yielding is deeper still. Um, I definitely did almost die when I gave birth to Jerusha, I was stuck in hospital for weeks and then when I went home I wasn't able, like I couldn't get out of bed to go and get her when she cried. So Keith, when I got sent home, Keith would have to, he would hear Jerusha cry and go and get her, clean her up, change her nappy and then bring her to me to feed because I literally could not get up out of the bed. I didn't have enough blood left in me I suppose and they gave me a whole bunch of transfusions that lasted for like about a week and then a it wasn't that good anymore. But Psalm forty two seven is actually one of my favorite scriptures. There's something about it that always it grabs me. Psalm forty two verse seven says, Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. This as you read through Psalm forty two. The, the writer of the psalm is expressing a deep, deep cry from a heart during a time of great, great trouble. You know, there's something about when, when everything falls apart, there's a depth of calling out to God that can only come from that place. How many people know what I mean? Yeah, it's really hard to explain. You, you cry out, man. It, it doesn't come from here and it doesn't come from here. It comes from... You know, from the depth of despair, we can find comfort in the depth of God's grace. I love that. From the depth of despair, we can find comfort in the depth of God's grace, his goodness. So I began this morning talking to you and telling you um, about the memory of the communion message that I heard. Jesus himself, Jesus made himself wrong so that we could be made right. It's, It's scriptural, it is. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God that we become has got nothing to do with how good we are. It's got nothing to do with how kind we are or how gentle or how forgiving we are. The righteousness that Jesus died on the cross, though that we might appropriate that righteousness, comes from a sacrifice of yielding, to the Father. Jesus did make himself wrong so that we could be made right. Amen. And I just want to play you, uh, um, this was actually meant to be played at, at a combined service that we had and I'm hoping it will work again. This is a bunch of testimonies of what God can do. Because of Christ, my life has meaning, my life has purpose, and my life is full of adventure, all because of Him. Because of Jesus, I have hope, and you also will have hope. Uh, Back in COVID, uh, my wife, my family and I, we had very little money. She wasn't allowed to work, so there was nothing in the bank account. We had no food in the cupboard. Uh, And we prayed about it with the kids. we were just happy to wait and then a literal truckload of food rocked up we had boxes of food the fridge was full of food we had food all our table more than enough because god looked after us so before i came to jesus i was a nervous wreck i never had any peace um you know i worried about everything and since i have returned to god i have peace in my life throughout my life i've seen jesus come through time and time again and because of this i have no doubt that he's real because of Jesus, he has given me the desires of my heart and my life is fulfilled. When I first met my husband, he was an atheist. But because of Jesus, he's now a born-again Christian. Woo! Because of Jesus, he's changing within me the things I could not. Because of Jesus, I had a purpose. How cool. Because of Jesus. Do you know the whole thing of the power of yielding is actually taught by Christ for us to follow? So I would like you to turn to Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. Look at it on your um, phone apps. I write everything out in gigantic letters so I can see. (laughs) Okay. Philippians 2, 5... 2 verses 5 to 11 in the NIV says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To the glory of God the Father. Jesus yielded to the Father He was obedient unto death, even death on the cross. He yielded over the control of his life as a human being to God, for God to do whatever God wanted to do with it, even though he died on the cross. And what has come of that sacrifice? Oh, you, 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 you. You have come from that sacrifice. Every brother and sister in God that you know, everyone you will know, that is what that sacrifice purchased. It purchased love that encompassed the world and changed the culture of the world in which we live. Do you know before Jesus, slavery and and, and horrible things would happen to people, and everybody just thought, oh, you yeah, know, that's okay. That's okay. The world changed on that pivotal point where Jesus yielded. Now, is God going to give us the name above all names? Well, obviously not, because we're not actually God. He was God. He is God. He always will be God. You cry out at night and ask for souls to be saved. You know in your heart of hearts that there's so much more for you, and yet you do not see it. Why? Why? Because in you, in me, God is not greater yet. we could bow our heads, please. To know you more, Lord, is the cry of our hearts. Give us ears to hear you clearly and courageous hearts to obey you. Holy Spirit, come. Yes, is the answer I give to you, Lord Jesus? And if you guys would, can I you don't have to do this, okay? So please don't feel like you have to. When I make these statements, I'll stop and I'll say, and you, can you please say I yield? You don't have to, okay? This is not like a whatever. But if you want God to move in you, you have to yield. So yes is the answer I give to you, Lord Jesus. The answer? I yield. I must become less so that you can become greater in me, Lord Jesus. I yield. Even when I don't understand, I trust you, Father. I yield. Love is what I ask for love that forgives and covers offense just as you do, God. I yield. And deep in our hearts, Lord God, we cry out to you to take us deeper into you. I yield. To you, O Lord, be all power and glory. At your name, Jesus, we bow. In heaven and on earth and under earth, every tongue acknowledges that Jesus Christ, you are Lord. To the glory of of God the Father. And everybody said, amen. For some of you, this may have brought up stuff that um, you want to deal with. I was going to have an altar call, but I I just don't feel it. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Because I think that when you hear a message like this, you've got to take it home and you've got to wrestle it to the ground and you've got to make choices, not built on the emotion of the moment. Okay, not built on the emotion of the moment. But you've got to wrestle the stuff to the ground and say, okay, I'm going to deal with this stuff. I'm not going to let you, Satan, have any more of my life. I'm not going to have, let you have any more of my family. You get out in Jesus' name. I'm going to sort this with God. And then after that, give me a call or you can, you can contact me on... My email address is Pastor Pecker, so it's a capital P, no spaces, and the rest are lowercase. PastorPecker at ignitelifechurch.com, and, and I will make an appointment for you to come and see me and talk real deal stuff. Because you know, like, I can, I can speak the name of Jesus over you. Did it just then. But you can do it yourself. Wouldn't you much rather be able to speak the name of Jesus over yourself, over your people, your family? I'm I'm like an atom in a world full of atoms. I speak and God answers, but I am no better than you. My relationship with God is no more greater than yours. Jerusha, happy birthday. You were the best yield I ever had in Jesus' name. Thank you for you. And through that whole situation, Keith and I, it was a pivotal moment in our lives, and we changed. We changed. We chose to change, and it changed, and that's how we ended up being brought here because our lives at that moment in time Changed, and God became greater in our lives and we chose to follow him no matter what and and we still do. That's not saying that we don't have issues like everybody else does but we've learned this is not stuff that I've pulled out of a book or read on a website or things like that. This is stuff that works. I know it works because I'm standing here today telling you the stuff that I learned and I'm passing it on to you. So if there's anything that you have, that's been brought up in you, take it home and wrestle over it. Ask God to speak to you. And when you are ready, come and see me, okay? Thank you. Thank you guys for joining us. Really appreciate it. Bye.